You're listening to the Autism Coming to Our Senses podcast. Hi guys, welcome to my podcast, second episode of Autism Coming to Our Senses. I would like to welcome Holly and Rachel. Hi, I'm Rachel. I work for Bernardo's. Um, I work national with care, care experienced young people. And I run a programme called Triangles, which is about um, voice and influence of young people and supporting them to co-produce with services and to complete missions. Ben, you were one of my young people on Triangles and your personal mission was to do a podcast. Voila, here it is. <laughs> and I'm really uh, happy to be a guest today, so thanks for having me. It's all right. Uh, my name's Holly, um, and one of my roles was to support yourself and another young person with the Bernardo's Triangles project. It's been about 12 months in the planning, so it's a pleasure to be here today and be recording the podcast with you. What's your experiences, young people with autism? So I'm just going to be really honest. I think with my experiences and through my work... Um, I couldn't necessarily like pinpoint, you know, X, Y, and Z younger young people that I've worked with that have been diagnosed autistic. Um, but I have experience in group settings with young people with autism, um, or like we discussed before recording this podcast about young people that are not necessarily diagnosed with autism, but definitely have traits. Um, and I think for me, it's kind of my experience has been that everybody's different even if you're diagnosed with autism they're individual so their needs are very different um and what i've been amazed by if that's the right word is that actually you know lots of the young people that i've been had the pleasure of spending time with have always been an expert in certain areas that they have interests in so they take a main focus on one of their hobbies and they excel in that area so whether that be you know a sport or computer games they they know everything about that which is is really really great um in a group setting is amazing for them to be able to allow other young people to learn from them and have a focus so yeah that's my experience rachel i think very similar to holly um i've never worked for a service with specific you know autistic young people but i think when you work with young people especially in group settings like holly said you know you will you know you will kind of find yourself working with young people with autism you'll see the difference in communication you know we know autism is a spectrum and sometimes young people are on one hand side sometimes they're on another a big example i have um which you know has never kind of left me is a young person i used to work with in my participation group who was a care leaver he was autistic and he was super passionate about teaching other people about autism. So I actually supported him to deliver training to our local Manchester City Council. Uh, I think that went down really well. I think it's just a shame it was only him. And I think if I'm honest, he struggled in a lot of the training sessions to um, kind of train the staff up to work with all sorts of young people with autism. It was very much how to work with him. <laughs> and I think that's a lot of the feedback that we got. So, um, you know, I'd love to see that rolled out to other professionals. You know, I'm a big fan of young people delivering training. And I think too many workers, especially leaving care workers, may not know they're working with a young person with autism. They might not know what science to look out for. They might not know about communication, especially in lots of, you know, personal appointments. Mm. So, um, and that's pretty much my experience is I always remember this young man who I'm still in touch with now and who actually works for Manchester City Council now in an apprenticeship. 
What's the biggest barriers with uh, young people with autism? I think it's about education and breaking the stereotypes. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, going back to some of the conversations we've had prior to recording today, um, growing up in school, but they were quite segregated from the rest of their peers in school and their classes were um, separate and, you know, young people that did have those uh, difficulties within a classroom environment weren't supported then to transition into a classroom environment with their peers. So I think it has come along since then but the stereotypes are still there like um for example you know they'd be they couldn't manage a classroom environment so people just thought they were being naughty um where actually you know their peers weren't helped to be educated around the fact that naughties are for a reason um and then that helps their peers to be able to support them better especially when you leave the education system and you go out into the world and you're an adult and actually you still need to be able to whether that be through work or volunteering you know work within a group environment with some of your peers and manage that i think you're absolutely right hall i think behavior is a massive thing i think you know things that we might see as naughty things that we might see as not concentrating especially in a classroom environment you know stop fidgeting you know kind of look at the teacher listen these are all things that someone with autism might not actually be able to do and it's quite overwhelming Mm. um you know, I think there's loads of things we could possibly do to support that. I think a massive um, thing for me working directly with care leavers is that they have to be independent sooner than the peers who aren't care experienced. So I think when we're doing things like life skills courses or teaching them how to have the first job, um, we were talking not long ago about things like interviews. I think that could be massive. You know, you're supposed to keep eye contact with the person. You um, you know, it might come down to kind of socialising. It might come down to fidgeting in the interview. It might be, um, you know, not looking interested. I think these are all things that a young person might struggle with. And I think that's a massive barrier. And then mm. going into work life might be something entirely different. And if they've not grown up with that diagnosis or not had the right support then that might be a massive barrier for them in work life Mm. and it's separating i mean i don't know your views on this ben but it's separating the the autism as such from the person like Mm. that's a behavior it's not them as an individual does that make sense and that ability to see that rather than just presume it's you know they're being naughty and it's just Mm. them as a person it's being able to kind of separate the two and work with it yeah, it's like um, what like last episode we spoke about it, and it's just it's a stereotypical like if a young person without autism who's like misbehaving, mm-hmm. and that's a young person with autism who is trying to cope with his situation, mm-hmm. and you'll think, oh, that child's being naughty. Mm-hmm. You don't really understand. It's just barriers. Like in, like everyday life really includes mm. school work, mm. and not even when they're not even in work. Mm. So it's just trying to see in an out that like outdoors perspective. Yeah, see beyond that behaviour. Yeah. yeah, and like oh that young person might have autism or yeah. might have disability. Yeah, but everybody thinks like oh us, not like everyone's mm. judgmental. Everyone's like oh that. It's been a bit naughty, but mm. you don't know. You might, you might have mm. autism or disability. Just, mm. I think as well, it must be a struggle. 
for, uh, I was going to say teenagers, but they say adolescents now, don't yeah. they? But if you're already going through puberty and you're already going through adolescence, mm. to have something on top of that. Mm. So your brain's already not fully developed to make good decisions. You know, there's still loads of stuff going on with your hormones, puberty mm. and stuff. And then to have autism on top of that, I can imagine that's massive. Yeah, that's it's like more, definitely. more emotions. Yeah, yeah. Heightened. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> I know I used to work in sexual health and we made a book um, for young people with autism and different disabilities, which was about puberty. I, I'm constantly saying, like, I would really struggle and I can't imagine being an adolescent mm. in today's world, like how much pressure there is in the world to be a certain way um, as a young person. Do you mean um, because of like social media and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, so everything like social media, education, um, you know, like the pressure to be up here when and then like with mental health and you mm. know and like you say if you have autism on top of that just uh, yeah I, I just wouldn't know where to turn so you know podcasts like this and raising mm. awareness and having those discussions and not making it a taboo subject is really important. We did speak about last week your motivations for doing the podcast and it was basically just having that alternative education isn't it a mm. really easy accessible yeah. pool of information which isn't in school, it's not in like a, it's in an informal setting. Yeah. Because it's seen it firsthand. Yeah. Forever, I'd like to introduce Molly to the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> just this random voice just yeah, popped out. I was, was like, sorry, the, I can't hold back anymore. This is in episode one. So <laughs> I'm going to go now. So it's fine. <laughs> um, sorry, Rachel, what was that we were going to say? No, I interrupted Molly. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say when she was talking about your motivations for the podcast. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say because you've obviously, you know, seen it firsthand with yeah. your little brother as well. Yeah. In the cinema, it's fine. It's That's surprising, isn't it, though? Because it's a lot of sitting still. and yeah. 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 I've seen some autism-friendly cinema. Oh. Yeah, most... Well, not him. I think all the cinemas do that now. Like, they do autism, yeah. owl, like, kids' club yeah. they do, and that's, that's really good. Like, How do they differentiate, then, with the autism hour? Like, what what's what well, happens, like, in the autism... I think they... I don't really know. I think, like, obviously, it's the kids showing yeah like for younger people with autism i've never been yeah i think i read because i thought that as well yeah. and i'm sure i might be wrong i read that it's very much that you know when you're in the cinema yeah. and you're constantly getting up and yeah you're not gonna have people talking <laughs> yeah. people are expected that they might be crying or that they might be noise so i think it's more that um it's a safe environment mm. to make mm. noise that you wouldn't necessarily make in the cinema because you'd get some yeah. Crank at the back, like, shut up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, if anyone said that, I'll just... So I think in these screenings, it's expected that there's going to be noise and yeah. not everyone's going to be properly concentrating watching it or you might have people getting up. I think that's what it is. Like, as a family, you've got, you got a person with autism, you'll go mm. for a normal, like, to a normal screening. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, kids will get up. Any kids yeah. will. Like, I heard that the um, screen... Not the screenings. The autism only kind of supermarket trips and stuff like supermarkets oh, right. are doing like mm. hours i don't yeah. know if you've seen that yeah quiet um, hours yeah quiet yeah yeah, yeah where like, there's less light and less noise um mm. when we went to scotland we did rachel yeah. um when we were outside, outside like nando's and mm. there we were next to a shopping mall and on the door it said autism awareness Brilliant. and i thought it was really good that's the first time i actually saw shopping and i did talked to a security guard about it and he did say it's for families who can't come in when it's like rush like when it's mm. crowded mm. with 
young people of autism or disabilities because mm. it's just mm. too much for them. Mm. And I think that's really good. Mm. So like, you can take your time, walk around the shops and... Mm. Well, again, I think, for me, supermarkets are a scary place. Yeah, same. <laughs> I hate shopping. There's just so much to... So much colours and mm. smells and lights and... It's rash, isn't it? So, again, I'm assuming if I struggle with it, how must it be? Mm. Yeah. What are the, like, main barriers that someone with autism might face in a supermarket experience? I don't know. It's just, I mean... But the lights might be one? Mm. Yeah, like, lights. I mean, if, like... Or I mean, like, when it's quiet or when it's, like, crowded? Crowded. That's yeah, I mean, like, it's too many people and... I, it does get quite a bit noisy. I mean. mm. There's lots of different sounds, isn't it? It's not yeah. just people, it's the tannoy, it's mm. the shopping being beeped through. Beeped, and it depends where you go. Like, it's like a big supermarket, like Drake Circus. Mm. Like That's always like busy. And, like, maybe you know, that young person's like, oh, it's too busy. Like, they'll mm. grab hold of that, you know, mm. parent or sibling. Mm. Mm. I think it's a lot lost. for the senses. Mm. Yeah, like, smell, like mm. smells, mm. hearing, sight. And it's, I mean, sometimes you know, some young people might be all right with it, like, fine, but others yeah. might not, like, all right, let's not go in when it's busy, we'll go in for a different time. Mm. It's probably like for for me, like when you go onto the tube, you yeah. know, and I find that super overwhelming because it's, it's like that for them, you know, that kind mm. of experience of being... Yeah, they like anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, mm. it's, it's like, cr- like it's all crammed. Mm. Mm. Like we see the world in different. Everyone does, but with people with autism, like something might not like they look, they'll see something and go, "Oh, I don't like that," and mm. like try to stay away from it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Isn't it as well like a characteristic of some people with autism? <coughs> not everyone like sameness. So I suppose it's about routine as well. So I suppose mm, if yeah. you're going somewhere that you wouldn't normally like a supermarket yeah. on a Tuesday and you normally go on a Friday mm. maybe that would yeah I mean cause an issue like I don't know my little brother I mean there's no routine for like shopping I mean sometimes mm. there are sometimes mm. there aren't but yeah I don't like on That's the outside true. yeah I just don't really know on that one it's I know yeah. people's got routines but and sometimes that routine just goes all up in the air because mm. life gets in the way and mm. something happens and you can't quite fit that in on that day or whatever and actually it's from a again going back to a, the caring role whoever that is whether it be a parent or grandparent or whoever having to manage the impact of that on a child of, with autism that they have and mm. how to balance, not not just the crisis that might be happening for them in the day but also how that relates back to them must be really really tricky I mean, mm. with the routine like let's say holidays school holidays like september yes. new year yeah I've noticed that a lot, mm. and it's school-centred, you know, like, all kids, yeah, yeah, it's school-centred, but it's trying to get back in, as a young person, not not with autism, but seeing it, with mm. a young person with autism, trying to get back into a routine, mm. and when they're in school, and then it's just still trying to get back into that routine, mm. and it's hard for the parent, carer, mm. for the family, I've mm. seen it on first-hand also keeping them entertained for six weeks. Yeah. Because that's a struggle can, for every yeah. parent, isn't it, with a school a day? Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, let's like say your parent, you've got to go to hospital with your... Yeah. Like, to see, um, obviously, different professionals, like, different types of autism, and that's, like, through the summer holidays, or yeah. any any holiday, and it's just that routine, and 
if you've got another like child who's gonna look after that child mm. it's like with groups as well it's mm. just trying to mm. you almost need like a replacement routine for that mm. summer break don't you like yeah, yeah like in yeah but tr- like you said holly like trying to keep them entertained yeah I'm trying to come up with like even to take them out to the park because actually that's a huge difference isn't it like you're used to having a reason to get up in the morning and having mm. to go some when that's taken away mm. your default must just be to stay in yeah you know it's hard yeah. enough for, i suppose for parents with children well for children who aren't mm. autistic it's hard mm. enough to keep them entertained for six weeks mm. yeah parents that can um children that can entertain themselves as mm. well you know there's an mm. element of that mm. yeah mm. um What's the three um, things are important for us to know about? So the three things that someone with autism might wish that uh, someone working with someone with autism. Might yeah, be I think moment. that goes, I think that's a question to you, Ben. About what? Do you want to ask it again, maybe? Because yeah. that was a bit. You can, you can ask it, it to me. Yeah. Should we ask it again? Yeah. 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 What are the three things that you wish other people knew about people with autism? That's a good question. <laughs> um, everyone, everyone's different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no, no, each person's the same. Like mm-hmm. I said in the last week's episode, um, one of the three, <laughs> one of the three key things. I think everyone with autism is different. Yeah. D- depend- so the first thing is that if they've got a diagnosis yeah. of autism, doesn't mean that that's the They're same as someone else. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. got a diagnosis. But, there is a spectrum. Mm-hmm. You can have to, like it can be low, middle, or high, mm-hmm. and that doesn't change who you are. It doesn't. I think just key things: just be yourself mm-hmm. around yeah. like, anyone mm-hmm. with autism. Don't be mm-hmm. someone different, or don't try to. I don't know, like not baby them, but just mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. and. Maybe let's say you're old enough and you know you've got autism and yeah, it's just, it's hard, it's a hard one really. I think just, yeah, just don't mom, like mummy coddle them and just talk to them like how you would to anyone else. Yeah, treating them like the human. Yeah, yeah. Like obviously they might show different emotions. Like if you're happy and that, and they might come across a bit like sad or. But not like aggressive, but they might not, but might not be. That's just the way they're trying to process in their head and cope. Mm. Or and like take your time. It's take your time with them because mm. if you like ask them, ask them a question, and they might not understand it and not process it. Like patience. Yeah, patience. Like if they don't understand it, you can say it again, but just don't. Not with like an attitude or to say it's calm. Yeah. Really good one. I think mm. we could take something from that because I always wonder. I wonder if there's better ways I could deliver group work. Mm. You mm. know, just to make sure that you are meeting everyone's needs. Group work is hard, isn't it? Because you've really mm. got to think about that differentiation mm. of each. Yeah. It's about knowing each individual before yeah. you go into it, which yeah. is tough. To but this has made me think, though. Thanks, Ben. What's yeah. your third one? Mm. Um, support. <laughs> That's that is a biggie for me being supportive mm. if like friends family members just be supportive just that even it means like helping out with a lift or mm. taking them out for the day or yeah giving them. that respite you know yeah it, definitely for like the carers because yeah. some carers or parents don't 
it's, it's a full-time mm. what's like, job. It, it is, like, full-time for them. And sometimes they don't have, like, five minutes to themselves. Mm. Mm. So, like, having that will help, and that helps them. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there is quite a lot of support, like, locally. But it's just, it's like, there's, other, there's groups and you've got... Oh, that's to go to that group, but you've got other siblings mm. or other children. Yeah. And if you're a single parent, you can't like leave the other siblings mm. and go to that group with the young person with autism. Mm. If it's an autistic group, but it's like you've got to get up early, get on a bus, and you don't want to get you don't want to get that child up that early because mm. they might not like it. Just small support, I'd say, and mm-hmm. like not saying not just for the council it's just like everyone really in general like mm-hmm. schools mm-hmm. like the council hosp- like hospitals are good but yeah mm. no I think that's really important support for the person with autism yeah, and, and for the, the family. family yeah definitely for the family because mm-hmm. you put stress on them mm-hmm. like yeah like you said respite mm-hmm. I mean we, you know, what is respite, Holly? Yeah, when I yeah I get, didn't make that get when I meant respite, I meant like just that like awareness of oh we're going out for the day, we'll invite you know this child who has mm. um, a family friend or whoever it may be, just so they've got a few hours mm. to do whatever they've got to do, and it also gives the young person time with other people, which mm. is really important for. You know, any child to spend time with, you know, other people and give a break for both of them, not just the carer. Mm. Of mm. if you're spending all the time with one carer, um, you know, that can be strained, can't it, for anybody? Not to mention if you've got autism on top of that, and yeah. that's heightened, mm. isn't it? Then the strain. So just as a kind of time in general to give each other a break it doesn't have to be overnight it can just be a few hours here and there could make such a difference which yeah. we could all do yeah, a little absolutely. bit more yeah yeah mm. it's like i know local the local authorities they will help out with the respite mm. i know that but it's um like where where they're going to go with the respite is yeah. where cause you don't want to go too far but yeah and it's it's just trying to meet in the middle really yeah. for both Meet everyone's needs as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and maybe support parents to um, help them not to feel so guilty as well. Because yeah. I can imagine. So I don't well. have personal experience of it, but I know I can imagine people feeling quite guilty about it yeah. as well. When actually, it's really human because it must be quite stressful. Mm. Yeah, so, like yeah. what I've seen, it can it can be stressful, mm. and it just does take a toll. Mm. Like seeing siblings like crying and that, it's just like. It's taking a big toll yeah. on the family, on, on a family or any family, just trying to deal with all these different acts or situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everyone's yeah. only human, aren't they? Of course, they're going to feel exactly. like it's all overwhelming at times and need a break. Mm. Um, what is good practice and bad practice when supporting young people? Do you want an example of good practice and an example of bad practice? Yeah, let's start with the um, let's start on the negative and end on mm. the positive. Nice, good idea. I have one hole. Do you want me to go first? Yes, please. Um, <laughs> what else do you think? <laughs> so, it, it, again, quite a few years ago, but um, before I worked at Bernardo's, I said I used to 
teach sexual health to young people across Manchester. And we used to have to do these events where we'd have like um, leaflets out on things. And we had an event, I think it was in, I'm sure it might have been Autism Week. It was um, it was a health week. Autism, autism Awareness it Week. Have, it might have been something like that. And we were at a local hospital and we had um, a table of, say, leaflets, maybe a bowl of condoms um some kind of key rings you know and stuff like that and there was lots of young people there and older young people with carers and i remember there was a young person in a wheelchair um coming past and her carer was pushing her and she said oh look at that and she went, oh no you don't need that god no and kind of pushed her away mm. from the stand and i remember after thinking the woman the young person looked at least 19 like why doesn't she why can't she look at our stand mm-hmm. do you know what i mean yeah. and i think afterwards i spoke to my colleague about it and it was very much like well she's you know she's got disabilities so therefore she never needs to know about anything that you're talking about mm-hmm. and i just thought i'm sure the carer didn't mean it that way but i just thought what a shame like she's just mm-hmm. like as if she's not a teenager like oh no you definitely can't look at anything on that table you're never gonna have a relationship in your life or yeah like never why not yeah have sexual feelings yeah. or and it's like actually mm. you know everyone's human so yeah do, exactly yeah. yeah so and again you know it's just something that's stuck in my mind all the time mm. and i'm sure the carer probably didn't mean it to feel like that had good intentions um but yeah why why couldn't she come in there was nothing you know that she couldn't see there was nothing that <laughs> <laughs> making it that yeah. taboo isn't yeah, it it's quite taboo, negative yeah. in a way because yeah. it should be something like well you're never going to have the relationships that they're talking about I yeah don't know. it was quite yeah something you haven't forgotten though no nope, definitely not yeah absolutely yeah yeah mm. doesn't work like that really did mm. yeah mm. Oh. um i don't necessarily again have a specific um experience of bad practice as such but i think that um about working with groups and just making sure that everybody's kept what am i trying to say um so yeah working with groups and if you've got young people that have individual needs whether that be autism or other forms of disability um making sure that um they get the best out of the group that we're running Mm. but also everyone else does as well so they're all included but you're also meeting everyone's needs Mm -hmm. so there has been one experience where we've had to cut a group short because of a one young person which meant that everyone else had to miss out and yeah. I, d- I do reflect back on that situation and think right how can we ensure that next time the whole group doesn't need to end mm. but we can keep everybody safe yeah. Um, because yeah it's just a shame that you know it had to mm. go that way so I think it's about kind of pl- pre-planning for all the scenarios mm. really yeah it's like groups what I've I've been in and mm. um, with people with autism mm. we've seen i've seen workers like take them out mm. like be in a separate room for like, mm. like so five ten minutes and come back yeah. Mm. yeah yeah i think that was good that was good mm. i mean like not saying like everyone did still be part of the group but like mm. there are certain situations you'll have to stop the group for like mm. safety reasons mm. yeah exactly exactly this was a group out and about as well, so it wasn't like ah. in a, a room or a space that we had booked out. It was like mm-hmm. in like it was in the summer holidays we were doing oh, okay. like a pop up day, but it is, so it became a bit more tricky. Mm. But yeah, it just made me think, kind of moving forward, that we need to kind of parallel plan and make sure that we're covering all scenarios. It's all in the planning and the yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
Um, so yeah, that was kind of. Do you think with that experience you can plan a bit more now? Like yeah, absolutely. You learn from that groups. sort of thing, yeah. don't you? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Like our backup plans. Yeah. And we, you know, from I guess like moving straight into the positive is that um, there's been situations that have arisen now, and we've managed to work on it and. Um, everybody that's still part of the group can still be a part of the group mm. and we've not had to say sorry um so i think that's really important and that's really good and it shows that like i guess it shows that we're learning as well mm. and actually we're not going to get it right all the time um and we're there we are going to make some errors along the mm, way and it's never course, intentional yeah. but it's just a development learning experience and we'll always be really honest with the young people that we support mm. so in the, in these circumstances it was somebody with autism so yeah, it's just I think it's important to kind of hold your hands it's up really and say, definitely. This yeah. is a two-way thing. You know, we need to know what you want from us, and you need to know what you need. What I'm, I'm getting confused. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it's about not making any assumptions, isn't mm, it? Like yeah, actually encouraging yeah. that communication. So it's mm. like, okay, yeah. I can't read your mind. You can't read my mind. Yeah. So we need to not assume. And yeah, and going back to the, the you know, autism being on the spectrum is that this young person could communicate that mm. so they were yeah. able to share that yeah. with us mm. so that's really important because mm. it's not i suppose you know again it, it doesn't mean it's every young person's experience but the young person who used to be in my group used to get like really angry if mm. i started late so he constantly be checking the clock so if i turned up to the group late you know that was like a massive thing for him and throughout he'd be tapping his watch and oh, saying oh i'd be awful you've, you've got four <laughs> minutes left and i'd be like oh my god four minutes left like my heart's racing oh, and god. i'm like i can't and in the end i had to you know work with him and yeah. give him jobs to do and be like okay you know how about you do this here and um kind yeah. of just give him a more of an active part and not every young person's going to do that but mm. it was so difficult because yeah. he was really like things to stick to time and that a is lot of interesting the times he actually mm. took things literal as well which mm. another thing which i think's you know something yeah. because i use metaphors a lot i'm con I, I use sarcasm a lot yeah. i don't mean to yeah and sometimes you'll say that to you know i have been in that situation where I've said it to young people and they've gone what mm. you said this and I'm like oh no I didn't mean that I mm. said it but I didn't mean yeah. it yeah <laughs> you have to really specify don't yeah. you yeah. yeah like oh no I said that but and he's like so you said it but you didn't mean it yeah. and I'm like yeah <laughs> it's, it's like um with groups as some with autism the groups and I got on them really yeah. well and it's just like certain like we have conversation with certain things will trigger mm. yeah when you've got to like mm. take a step back and go oh sh I shouldn't have said that or mm. someone else shouldn't have said mm. that and yeah. you've got to try to calm that yeah. person down and don't yeah. jump to conclusions yeah. Yeah. I actually think well why yeah. are they reacting that way rather mm. than just oh because yeah. yeah. you weren't necessarily to know that mm. no and we no. can only try mm. we you know we don't know until no. Yeah. Mm. And there's also no harm in asking. I think this is another mm. thing I have to remind because I work um, creatively with a group and quite a lot of them have autism. Mm. And I just, like in the beginning, I literally knew nothing about it. I was saying this to you last week. I had no idea about autism and mm. I'm learning as I go. Mm. Um, I think it's so much about not being afraid to ask. Like, mm. oh, is that bothering you? Like, mm. I have one participant and he was constantly asking me how old I was. <laughs> like, I gave him the answer multiple times and he, repeatedly was like how old are you yeah. and um, I'm sure he wouldn't mind me sharing that and mm. I, it took me a while to understand that it was because he was feeling anxious or he didn't understand something mm, yeah. it was like his way of deflecting yeah. from the situation yeah. but I didn't find that out until I asked you know I said why do you keep asking me how old I am and then eventually we got to the bottom yeah. of it but do you know what I mean it's about yeah. trying to create a safe space for them and yeah. understanding some behaviours might not just be 
to be yeah. taken at face value. It might yeah. be because of something Absolutely. else. Yeah. Who wants to start with the positives? I have a small one. <laughs> so small. I said, uh, yeah, just it was small, but I think it made a difference. But because yeah. um, at the beginning I mentioned about the training that my young person did, and I do think that is a real example of good practice. But um, I'd already covered that. But a small example was a couple of years ago, a young a, a leaving care worker referred his young person to my group, mm. and he actually told me in advance, um, the young person whose name I won't give, he doesn't like it when you stand behind him. He doesn't like it when you touch his back, or you know, mm. if he can't see you, he gets really kind of aggravated. And I just thank them so much because if I didn't know that that Mm. could have been a real barrier massive because when you're doing participation work and I'm quite a kind of huggy person feel it not I wouldn't go around touching them but it would be you know I might say well done mate and pat him on the back Mm. you know things like that and I'm so glad I knew in advance not Mm. to do that because I was really aware of my actions and how I was with them and I just think that's small but it made a massive difference Mm, and that's a good example if other people could do that which we're not always going to have the knowledge of this young person but I do Mm. think that would be really good if you knew in advance about things especially of young people you are working with Mm. and if not hopefully maybe that young person would have told me himself so sharing mm. information, mm. like even if it's something really yeah. small, it could be so vital. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if you were working with a young person who was non-binary or trans, it's like, yeah. oh, what pronouns do you want me to use? Yeah. And sometimes people really struggle to think, like, oh, I just ask, ask yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, it's a tendency yeah. to get a bit scared, isn't yeah. there? And I think there's a lot of fear. And I think it might be through lack of understanding yeah. a lot of it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. everyone's scared of what they don't really understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. No, that's yeah, such it, a good point, man. I mean, like, you might have someone who's just joined a group or obviously just become a care leaver and mm. they're autistic or mm. got a disability and you might be like, oh, all right, let's try to work our way around this. Mm. But, yeah, you just, like, they might be, they're going to be scared as well, mm. like, joining a group and you just got to work your way around it. Yeah. Like, And that takes some time, doesn't it? Like, yeah. building a relationship with anyone takes a bit yeah. of time to... It's not going to happen overnight. No. Trust mm. is a slow mm. thing to build, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. I think from the creative perspective, which I think is interesting to share with, in terms of people with autism, giving them a safe space to express themselves, Mm. I think can be so important as well. Like I've seen some absolutely fantastic work come out of some of our autistic participants. Like one of them made a horror film. One of them took like these crazy photos of vegetables where I think just an example I really liked was I gave them a pepper and I said, go home, take loads of different pictures of this pepper and then we'll review them next week. And he came back in and he'd like put the pepper in the freezer and taken it out so it was covered in ice. And he oh. said, it's a chilli pepper. Oh. <laughs> so good. And Love I just thought that. the way their brain works is so yeah. different, isn't yeah, it? They yeah, take things in such a different perspective. I think it's so important we allow them that space to express yeah. themselves so that's we can such, understand them yeah. through creativity yeah. as opposed to conversation maybe i mean that's like with most like most people that's what they do like you know creative stuff like art mm. music mm. and that's that's good mm. ways of expressing yeah yeah not keeping it all inside that's not good. just for people with autism that's well, so like other like people without autism definitely yeah so yeah do you think there's enough support out there for young people with autism in general and um, I don't know if I'll get in trouble for this, and I can't talk for the whole of Bernardo's. I know we have lots of disability services, but from my five to six years experience and mm. a few years at the council, I don't know what you think, Carl, I think there's still loads to do. I think mm. I don't think we're even close. And I know that there is things out there, and we have some excellent disability services, and you know, and we have a really good uh, EDI, Equality, Diversity and Inclusion, and people go and training, but I, I still think that there's so much I don't know. I still think there's so much we could do um, and maybe this will push 
mm. push us to do that. I just, I can't speak, f- you know, for anyone who works directly with autis- autistic young people, but I think there's loads still to do. Yeah. I think we're not even close. <laughs> and just through, like, kind of doing this and having discussions with you, Ben, over time, it's made me appreciate what, what little I do know um, and actually the importance of, you know, my colleagues around me actually... W- what, you know, we need to be more aware, we need to, it needs to be something that we're discussing and we're, you know, able to kind of work with more so than we are currently. I do think that we have come, you know, further than we were before, but I think it's still like an education, mm. learning, development thing that we need to be working harder on. Do you think there should be more training? Yeah, more As like training. For workers? Yeah, definitely. And also more, um, I've kind of, only during this last hour, I've kind of realised what I'm drawing towards is the caring role of working mm. or supporting somebody with autism, yeah. and whether that be a sibling, whether that be a parent or a carer, actually like what support's there for them because, you know, it can, I can imagine it can be such hard work and they want, want to be a parent not just a carer so I think there's there's definitely a long way to go I think this podcast will be really helpful for it yeah, I, yeah I, me too yes I agree with you like things have changed a lot let's say 10 years ago mm. from mm. now mm. like let's the autism act now that's done a lot local services have more mm. understanding but I think it's just need more training or mm. a more understanding in schools absolutely because, you know, just with, my, again, my brief knowledge within the education system is that a lot of one-to-one funding is, you know, just not there anymore and teaching assistants aren't around as much as they were when we were in school. But actually for somebody that's on the autistic spectrum and needs that one-to-one attention, where's that now? I mean, there's mainstream schools and then there's schools for people with disabilities, yeah. such like autism yeah. and... I think those schools have gone so far mm. and helped so many people, but like with a mainstream school and it's it's really good with the support, mm. but there's only that much support you can mm. give in a mainstream school. Mm. Wouldn't it be fab though if we could get it so that people with a disability can be mm. in mainstream school mm. and yeah. actually there mm. shouldn't be mm. that difference? Because mm. that, for me, like that's not equality and that, you know, no. so I think although that is needed and I completely appreciate that it would be great to get to a point where we could all be integrated yeah absolutely I mean I even think and again I don't know what you know how many people we currently have working at Bernardo's who have autism but you know I think it would be amazing if um, you know manager styles with people could be changed you know depending on if somebody mm. was autistic you know interview styles like we said before um, just kind of generally making sure that it's you know that people with autism are part of society because mm. those alternative perspectives that they offer are actually mm. so important for us mm. to have mm. as well yeah. i think you need to have a diverse society so yeah so we should be giving opportunities yeah. for yes. yeah. autistic people yeah. to be in those main roles yeah, yeah. Absolutely. one thing to say to someone who didn't really understand autism or like didn't know anything about it what would you two say google it google it <laughs> no but and being serious so put a bit of research in you know maybe speak to someone you might know mm. look on the nhs website National look for some kind of um 
National Autistic Society. Yeah. I just don't think you can beat sometimes just having a good little search. Little search on yeah. something, yeah. I'd just probably say again, going back to what I said before, like look beyond the behaviour. Yeah. Mm. And then yeah. like if they take time to think about that, they could probably answer some of those questions themselves if they just shifted their thinking. There's some yeah. great videos out there we were looking at last week, aren't there? Yeah, there's mm. um I've seen the video before and it's by young people really explains how you can help mm, people with autism animated explanation of autism if you type it into mm, youtube that sounds be really best. good yeah i'd like to say thank you guys for coming on thank you for having us yeah i've really enjoyed it yeah me too <laughs> thanks you guys for listening and i will see you on the next episode this podcast was produced by the chaos group and funded by bernardo's for more information visit thisischaos.co.uk or bernardo's.org.uk